And then talking to other caregivers, this is pretty much what happens is when they leave the rehab, they hand you a bag of medicine and say, here you go, here's his meds. And they've told you to get the shower ready, have grab bars and a shower chair. And that's kind of it. You're off on your on your way to figure life out. And it's difficult. <laughs> so and I work in senior living. And I'm going to tell y'all it's been a difficult path to walk. Welcome to Aging in Style, the podcast dedicated to celebrating aging and what it takes to do it well. I'm Lori Williams. I'm a certified senior advisor and senior housing expert. In each episode, you'll learn stories of older adults who are thriving in their 70s, 80s, 90s, and in some cases in their hundreds. Whether you're an older adult or the child of an older adult, this podcast is filled with insightful resources, organizations that are doing incredible work, and stories that will inspire you to volunteer, learn, and who knows, maybe even skydive in your golden years. Hi, welcome to today's episode of Aging in Style. I'm so glad you've tuned in today because I have something I want to talk about that I hope will be of interest and benefit to you. So I'm going to be completely transparent and honest as I always do try to be, but I want to talk about caregiving and caregiving from the perspective of the caregiver. So for 17 years, I have worked in senior living. I have talked to so many spouses and daughters and sons who are caring for a family member and I've given them great advice, which is, you know, it is great advice. <laughs> but I have the unique perspective now of being on the other side. I am the caregiver now for my husband. So what happened if you don't listen to the show regularly is that my husband, Mark, at age 62, had a stroke on Christmas Day, 2022. First stroke was Christmas Day, and then he had three more strokes um, a couple of days later. So unfortunately, the strokes affected his right side. It, is a, it affected his speech. So communication is difficult. And, um, you know, we're, we're lucky that he has had fantastic rehab and care and is still getting rehab. But it's a journey. And he's been back home now, I guess, about two months. You know, I've been his advocate along the way. I've done several episodes about, you know, about the journey, if you want to go back and, and listen to those and what I've learned along this path. But he came home about two months ago, and then I stepped into the role of being his caregiver. And I may have said this before, but, you know, I was kind of surprised. And this is and then talking to other caregivers, this is pretty much what happens is when they leave the rehab, they hand you a bag of medicine and say, here you go, here's his meds. And they've told you to get the shower ready, have grab bars and a shower chair. And that's kind of it. You're off on your on your way to figure life out. And it's difficult. <laughs> so and I work in senior living. And I'm going to tell y'all it's been a difficult path to walk. Anyhow, what I want to talk about is, you know, I've given all this advice through my years working in senior living, but now I'm on the other side of it. So I want to first explain why when we tell caregivers do X, Y, Z, a lot of times they don't do it. And then I want to give you my top six tips that I think truly will help caregivers. So to kind of get started with, this is, you know, what we all say to caregivers. And, you know, I am so guilty of this. I've said this all the time. And, and it is great advice. But it's number one, you got to take care of you. You can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah, I understand. 100%. 
But here's the deal. (laughs) When you are the caregiver, especially in the early days of it, I would say you're trying to figure out how to meet the needs of your spouse or your parent. My husband's needs are pretty significant. It could always be more. I know other people deal with a lot more, but for for us, and I'll just be honest and transparent, is that he is in a wheelchair and he can get himself in and out of a chair and get to the bathroom on his own, which is great. But he does need help with showering. He does need me to make his meals, help him to get dressed, help him during the night out of bed because he can't get out of our bed on his own and into his wheelchair. Plus, you know, I don't want him doing that because I don't want him to fall. I don't want him to do that on his own. But when someone is up three times during the night, that means that nobody's getting a full solid good night's sleep. So there's, you know, issues there. So in best coming from our hearts, we're asking caregivers or telling caregivers, you've got to take care of yourself. So one, yes, I get that. But the reason we don't always listen is because we're tired. (laughs) We are not completely engaged. And and maybe I speak just for myself, but I will say this, that I found myself, and this is when you know that you're coming into like the caregiver burnout. I found myself like crying like about three weeks ago, like every day crying a little bit, just so not like me. I rarely ever cry. And I was starting to freak a lot of people out with this, you know, just suddenly crying thing. And what it was, and I was just so tired and trying to run my business, trying to do so many other things and so many balls you have to keep balanced when you are suddenly the caregiver and in charge of everything for your family, right? So being the spouse, and it's different for everyone. Now, we're we're younger for something like this to happen. I'm 59. My husband just turned 63. But I still work. I still run a business. I love my business. And have a great team. And luckily, we've managed to keep everything going through this. But added on top of that is all the duties that my husband did. So taking care of a house, which we have a 26-year-old house, and you know things are happening. I've had to deal with a yellow jacket infestation, um, a leak in the attic. I mean, just so many things, appliance issues. These are things that I normally would have had nothing to do with, that my husband would have taken care of it. But now I'm responsible for this, paying all the bills, making sure the taxes are done. I mean, just everything you can think of now rests on my shoulders, which is common when you suddenly are into the role of caregiver. So when you say to a caregiver, here are the things you need to do to take care of yourself. You need to exercise. You need to eat properly. You need to go out to dinner and go get a massage. That's so, that sounds so wonderful. (laughs) Those are all great tips. But when you are living it and you're exhausted and you're trying to find a balance, all that just sounds like noise, like white noise, right? The other thing People always say, you know, make sure you take care of you and go to the doctor and, and keep up with your appointments. Okay, I, I was thinking that when all this first started. So I made all my appointments. And you know what I have not done is follow up and get my blood work done. And it's been four months since I went for my regular checkup. It has been four months. And I'm going to tell you why I haven't gone. Because it's the easiest thing not to schedule. It's just the easiest thing when you look at your schedule and all the things you have going on during the day and it's like, you know what, that one can wait. 
And it shouldn't be that way. I realize that because I should be thinking about my health and make sure that, you know, my numbers are good, my cholesterol and all of that. But it's the easiest thing to cancel. Going to the dentist, have I made my appointment? No. I made sure my kids went. I have not gone. And again, I'm not saying that's right because it is not right. But the reason caregivers don't take care of these things is because it's the easiest thing not to do. Okay, exercise. If one more person tells me to exercise, (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I did go and I joined the YMCA. I've gone three times. Again, the reason why is I am running around like a chicken with his head cut off. I'm so busy doing things because you, you know, I'm doing laundry, I'm cleaning the house, I'm taking care of my husband, I'm running a business, I'm making sure my kids have what they need, the dogs are taken care of. It is a lot. And I realize. It's something I need to schedule in, and I have not gotten to that point yet. But just know, when you tell someone to exercise and they're a caregiver, they understand. We know it, and you might get punched. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. But we, we know. So these are the things that we say to caregivers that they're maybe not listening, and maybe you become frustrated. Like, you know, I told her she should go do this, this, and this because she's so stressed, and this would help. This is why they're not doing it. All right. So in my experience now of being a caregiver, these are the six things that I do think help a caregiver. And I'm going to go through them in no specific order. But number one, make sure they have knowledge of helpful resources. So anything to sort of ease your burden. And when I say that, it's things like just to give them ideas. Hey, this is and one of my friends told me this. I get meals from Front Porch. I'm like, what, what is Front Porch? You go online, you order healthy meals. And I started doing this when my husband was still in rehab, getting these for my son and I, so I didn't have to think about cooking every night. And you order them online. They're freshly prepared meals. They're delivered to your door. We have them delivered on Sunday, put them in the fridge, and then we've got meals for the week. It just make a salad and that's it. So that's something that was a, a great tip that my friend shared with me. And that's something that could ease my burden. Make sure, you know, you can do telehealth visits. That saves you time from having to go to the doctor, get in the waiting room, you know, all of that mess. Pharmacies that deliver medication so you don't have to run out and get them. So a lot of times as a caregiver, you can't leave your loved one that you're caring for. You can't leave them home alone because maybe they're a fall risk or maybe they have dementia, whatever it may be. You can't leave them alone to go run a quick errand. (laughs) So to have medications delivered to you instead of having to go to the pharmacy is a huge help. Just any kind of helpful resources that you can share with someone, I think that is the most helpful. Another thing for me was the case manager at the last rehab my husband was in shared with me a great resource called ALSUP, A-L-L-S-U-P. And what they do is they help people get social security disability. Normally, Trying to get social security disability, if you file for that on your own, it can take, you know, two years. But if you go through a service like this, they have a really high success rate. And I was able to get social security disability for my husband within three months of applying. Great resource, great tip. So that's what I mean by just sharing helpful resources with people, just things that are going to ease their burden. I mean, we already knew how to do Uber Eats because I've got, you know, I had a teenager. (laughs) So she's 20 now. So that's why I have to say had a teenager. So, I mean, Uber Eats, it's a little pricey, but sometimes, you know what, if you just need that pizza or Chinese food or whatever it may be, you know, it's worth it. 
two. The other best tip that I can share with caregivers is to establish a routine. That has been key for helping me kind of stay on target with everything. So like my husband, five days a week goes to rehab. I have to have him ready to go out the door by 745. They send a van to pick him up, which again, I'm so thankful for. But I have to get up early. And if I have somewhere to go early, I have to get up even earlier, make sure I'm ready before I start getting him ready. But most days, because I work from home, I just get I get up, get him ready, get him up, tr- help him dress, get his breakfast ready, pack a lunch, do all those things, get him out the door. Then I deal with my dogs. I have three dogs. Yes, I'm crazy. Get you know all of that done. Then I get myself ready and then to work. But find a routine that works for you and try to stay with that routine consistently. And you really do have to be consistent because when you're taking care of someone, they're typically on medications that need to be given at the same time each day. That's another reason why it's so important to maintain that that routine. The other thing that's been hard for me is I'm a night owl. I would always stay up till midnight or later, but not now because my husband goes to bed usually about 8.30 or 9 o'clock. And that's hard for me to go to bed that early. So I usually get him all tucked in and asleep and I hang out to about 10 and then go to bed, which is still 10 is early for me. So, but I have to get some sleep. So I'm making it work. But again, establishing those routines and it may not look like what you did in your old life, but sometimes you've got to change things up a little bit. Number three, family support. And get yourself some dependable help like with the caregiver. So thankfully, as I said before, my son is 27. He lives here with us. He's incredible. And he's been a great support. But I don't want his life to be all about taking care of his dad. He works full time. But he's here for me whenever, pretty much whenever I need him to be. But we were running into an issue that my husband needs help showering. And when you leave the rehab, they don't really give you that direction on how to shower someone. Kind of like, make sure you have a shower chair, have your shower, you know, with grab bars and all that stuff. So we did all that. Everything was ready. We had a ramp at the front door. Everything's ready in the house. But first time we shower him, I'm kind of like, hmm, (laughs) he has no use of his right side. Um, He can use his right leg a little bit, no use of his right arm. It's like, this is challenging and interesting and scary. Honestly, it was scary for me because I was afraid he was going to fall. And he was insisting on doing things his way because he's a pretty strong well dude. And he is doing this little hopping thing. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to end well. (laughs) So I'm stressed. He's stressed. He's kind of yelling at me. And so I'm like, let me get Chris, our son involved, get him in there. And, you know, he's helping, but he's like, mom, this is so stressful. So we're both like, this is like the worst thing every time we have to think about shower time. And so I had a few weeks ago, sort of like a little bit of a breakdown. And this is when you know that you are kind of like kind of burned out. When you've kind of hit that burnout mode is when you start doing things that are not normal for you. So not normal for me is crying. I just am not a crier, never have been. But every day I was finding myself in tears and I'm like, what is the deal? And it was from being completely overwhelmed and primarily stressed about this showering situation. And so I was talking to my friend, Carol, and I love Carol because she is a straight shooter and she will tell you how it is. 
she said, Lori, you have to get a caregiver. And it's so obvious, right? It's so obvious I need to do that. But here's the problem when you're a caregiver. You're exhausted. You're trying to take care of a million different things. You're emotionally stressed. You're physically stressed. You're exhausted in every single way. And you just sometimes don't see that clearly what the answer is in that moment. So I'm so thankful for Carol because, you know, when she said that and she said it so direct and forthright because that's her nature, which I love about her. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're right. So. I got a caregiver. I made a lot of calls and it is expensive to go through some agencies, especially because all I wanted was for someone to come and shower him when he came home from rehab three days a week. And my first first one I quote I got was $70. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's gonna eat through a lot of money trying to do that. So I had a friend, and again, here's the whole going back to helpful resources. My same friend who told me about front porch for meals. She told me about a lady that was a caregiver for her mom and that she is wonderful, sweet lady, and her price was much more reasonable because she just works for herself. So I called her, scheduled her to come out. Let's you know try things out. My husband was not happy. And again, as a caregiver, you're going to have to make these decisions that are you know are right for the whole family. You can't let your guilt which I did feel guilty telling him, listen, I can't shower you. Chris can't shower you. We're worried about your safety. And it's stressing us out. And I knew it was upsetting for him. It was upsetting for me to tell him, but I just pushed through. I knew it was the right thing to do. First time she came, he was a little apprehensive, went perfect. He loves having her now. It took so much stress off of me. Just the one One thing, just that task of showering that I felt like a new person and I no longer cry every day. So (laughs) thank you, Carol. But just to kind of show you that little simple things can help out. You know, the other nice thing with this caregiver is we've gotten to know her. Mark really enjoys her. And, you know, she's able to stay if I want to go out to dinner with friends. So I'm trying to start this thing where on Wednesdays, She's here to shower him and I take a few hours and I just go for me, go out, you know, have dinner with friends, go have some wine, do something that just kind of makes me feel like normal. So that's, you know, just kind of know when it is time to bring in care. And if family can do it, great. But if it's something like this where no one feels comfortable with, then hire a caregiver. Because, I mean, my biggest fear, like I said, was of him falling. You know, if he falls and breaks his good arm or his good leg, then we're back to square one, we're back in the hospital, we're back in rehab, and we just want to keep moving forward with him recovering and getting stronger. Okay, number four is respite. And respite is when you get a break of at least an overnight or longer. And that can look different in different situations. So it could be a respite stay at an assisted living, or it could be a respite where you go to a hotel or you go on a little trip or whatever, and you have someone stay with your loved one so that you get a full break. So I have done a kind of a little mini respite one day because I've not had a full night's sleep. My husband wakes up two to three times a night. I help him get to the restroom and then back to bed. And then I've gotten pretty good about falling back asleep within like minutes. But it's still, you're getting woken up all night. You never get a solid night's sleep. So my son, I had him one night recently just come down, sleep next to my husband, and I went and slept in his bed. And it was 
so wonderful to have a full night's sleep, like uninterrupted, like seven hours of sleep. It was like the best thing ever. So your respite could look like that, or your respite could look like maybe you're going on a cruise and taking a week off. So it's so important. And it's a hard thing to kind of wrap our minds around. I haven't quite gotten to the point where I feel comfortable leaving him yet. But I I do see that in the future, maybe taking like a long weekend trip to see my mom who lives in Mississippi and just having that that time to see her because she's getting older and also just to have a little break for myself. And now that I have this support, I have my son who's a wonderful support, but I also have this caregiver. So between the two, we can come up with a great, you know, dependable solution. Number five, employer support. I see so many people who struggle with this. And I'm going to say I am so thankful that I am self-employed because I've been able to just kind of work wherever I have been on this journey. If I was sitting in a hospital room with Mark or if we were in rehab or whatever it looked like, I was able to just take my laptop and and continue to work. Had I worked for someone, I, I don't know. I think I probably would have been let go because it's been so time intense. When it's your loved one, especially when it's your husband, you know, you're the person to take care of them and and to be there at the hospital, to be there at rehab and make on all these decisions. And like I said, taking care of everything, it would have been very difficult. So I think that's a huge one if you are an employer and you have an employee that something like this happens to. I think it's really important to support them and find ways to, that they can, you know, do work when they can, you know, if they can, they can do it. What is the word remotely? Or maybe take some kind of a leave. But my heart just breaks for people who are in a situation where they end up losing their job because they are trying to be the caregiver and do everything. So that would be a tip of how we could maybe help and support people who are in this role of caregiver. If you're an employer, be supportive in any way that you can. And number six is just for friends and family, just be understanding, just just listen. Sometimes you just want to vent, right? And then sometimes you do want advice, like Carol giving me that advice was great. But sometimes you don't want to hear, you know, you need to go to the gym, or you need to do this, you need to take care of yourself. Yeah, I mean, we know, we know. So those are kind of just really what I wanted to talk about today is, Just this unique perspective that I now have of advising people on being caregivers and now actually being the caregiver. And I hope that helps kind of give you a little insight into what's going on inside the mind of a caregiver and how you can better support them as a friend or family member or employer. If you have any questions, please reach out to me. My website is a great way to reach me. It's lauriewilliams-seniorservices.com. We have lots of great blog articles out there. And also go back and listen to all of our podcasts. We've done 100, this is number 155. So there's a lot of great information out there to help people who are caregivers and also anything along the aging process. So anyhow, that's what I have for you today. And I'm so thankful that you listened and please share with your friends and family. And I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.